Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, we hear from leading voices at Fashion X, the alternative fashion week of sorts run by the Swedish Fashion Council held in Stockholm this week. We will hear from Chloe Mukai, Senior Program Officer at the Ethical Fashion Initiative, Angeline Elfström, Business Development Manager at Once More, and Isabel Farmelo, Group Strategy Director at Dazed. We're going to talk about the need for global standard in sustainability reporting, new business models in the fashion industry, how to recycle textiles, and the importance of youth culture. We'll also give our highlights and impressions from the week. My name is Konrad Olsson, Editor-in-Chief and Founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with my dear colleagues, our Senior Editor, Johan Magnusson, and premiering on the podcast, our intern, our lovely writer and intern, Eileen Fransson. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you. Welcome. So we've actually, the three of us, been around um, on various different events this week, and uh, we kind of shared responsibility of getting impressions um, uh, and speaking to various people on the Fashion X circuit. But maybe we should start by kind of trying to explain what this is a little bit. I described it as, as a kind of a, an alternative fashion week, and that's that's how they framed it when they launched this uh, last year, when they did first first edition, also in dark and gloomy uh, November. Yuan, what have been your impressions for this week? And, and can we call it a fashion week, do you think? I would compare it to maybe Oslo Runway, which also is a, an annual event, so once a year, just right. like Fashion X. And I think it's a modern way of uh, doing a fashion week. And uh, like one of the most common questions I get when I travel around the Nordics is, what happened to the Stockholm Fashion Week? Mm, mm. So now we can finally have an answer. And uh, it's uh, just in line with the organizer, Swedish Fashion Council's ambition to transform the industry and show how... Sweden can be at the forefront when it comes to innovation, sustainability and such within fashion, which of course is not a sustainable industry. But it's undergoing a huge transformation and Fashion X can serve as a good example of that mentioned transformation, I would say. For sure. I know we share many of the topics and kind of uh, uh, point of views with the, the Swedish Fashion Council. And and Jenny Rosén, the CEO of, of the Fashion Council, famously uh, cancelled the Stockholm Fashion Week a few years back, and uh, it kind of resurrected. There's a kind of a complicated situation with different organizations in, in Sweden. We, we're not going to go into that. And I think subsequently, Copenhagen really took uh, the lead in terms of hosting a traditional Fashion Week with um, uh, shows, etc. Um, but Eileen, I'm, I'm curious. What you, you've been around at a few events, uh, also seen a couple of shows. What have been your uh, impressions from from this week? There's been a lot of insights and a lot of, um, for example, at the Fashion X talk uh, in uh, in presentation with uh, Dazed. Um, I mean, there were a lot of insights mm. shared uh, and a lot of knowledge from from a lot from people within the industry and it was very rewarding taking part in that and really seeing different perspectives from these people uh, 
Yeah. And we're going to hear more about that at the end of the show. I think your conversation with Isabel from, from Days is are a little bit of a longer interview uh, we're going to do at the end of the show. But I feel like, you know, to to your point, I feel like that's what they want to do with this week, kind of share insights. There's a lot of talks happening during the week. I participated in a roundtable session um, during uh, on Tuesday at the Polestar showroom. Polestar is, of course, one of the sponsors. There are Polestar 2 cars driving around all, all, all around the city uh, uh, branded with with fashion X and, and Swedish Fashion Council and I had the chance to sit in and listen to uh, a few leading voices of course we had Achim Bay the the um, representative from the senior senior partner at McKinsey rep- responsible for uh, the state of fashion report that they've been doing with the business of fashion uh, magazine or newspaper um, for the past uh, I think six or seven years they're releasing that report, um, I think, in a couple of weeks. It gave a little bit of a highlight talking about kind of the mood of the industry. Um, obviously, there's a, a kind of huge economic downturn that that everyone uh, is worried about. Um, he said something funny that uh, of all the people they've interviewed in this report, and it's a huge undertaking. I was... That's actually one of the things that I took away. I spoke to Achim before the talk, and he said they had uh, well, there's four or five McKinsey consultants working full-time on this report for uh, four months. And he he uh, estimated they, they spent, uh, I'm not going to say the number maybe, uh, but huge amounts of money uh, on this report. But that's also because fashion represents a huge business for, for McKinsey. But he told me that, or he said in rather in in the roundtable that about a third of of the people they interview were were positive uh, generally about the industry going forward. About a third was negative, and about a third uh, didn't really wasn't really sure. Which <laughs> he concluded uh, tells us that no one really knows what's going to happen. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the state um, the state uh, we're in right now. The uncertain state. No, I mean, for for sure. And what I what I took away also, I thought it was interesting. They had representatives from Ericsson there talking about how the kind of upcoming five G network can play a role. I was, I know Ericsson has been eyeballing fashion industry for a few years. Uh, obviously, they're looking for different projects and content that they can fill the new 5G network, and that's something definitely I think we should we should uh, look into and and cover. Uh, we also had our former um, cover star uh, Nora Bavy, uh, founder of Unconventional Ventures, uh, the VC company. Uh, she revealed that they have made three investments so far in fashion companies and fashion tech companies. So that also gave a chance to gives us a chance to get back to that. Yeah, that uh, thing with 5G sounds like a, an episode of its own to invite an Ericsson representative to yeah, to, for sure. to, to share more insights. But yeah. what was the roundtable about? I mean, it was it was many different um, points of views and, and they, they covered a lot of ground, a lot of topics. Uh, obviously, Polestar themselves was there representing. We also had Susan Huria Lindberg, the founder of uh, The Social Few and... Um, uh, the analytics company Perspectivo uh, present. I think uh, Susan has always great perspective. She's a mathematician. She looks at the industry from a really kind of data perspective, and obviously uh, their kind of angle for for uh, uh, a, a couple of years now has been to look at um, the need for for diversity and, and and other voices. So if you compare. 
uh, you know, the, the 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 Swedish population, which is I think it's around 25 percent of, of the population that has is either born in another country or has parents from from another country. And she estimated that at least 40 percent of the population are not considered uh, uh, you know, from the fashion industry at large. Um, so, and they're they're uh, releasing a report in these days. It might be out yet, so I think we're going to come back to that. But I, th- I I thought that was super interesting, and and also uh, that it's not just kind of doom and gloom. Uh, obviously, they're they're through data p- putting the finger on a, a huge problem, but. What she's saying essentially is that we have not tapped into the potential of what the industry can make. And I thought that was a, a really uh, inspiring message. Yeah, it's really important to, to highlight these issues as well on a continuous uh, basis to not forget about how important it is. No, to get sure. a constant reminder about we need to improve. No, for sure. And I think here I I, I will you know say that uh, Jenny and and also our our, uh, our friend and former colleague Robin, who's uh, the creative director, they really push uh, the envelope when it comes to these issues. They really they I, I think they are actually leading in in uh, definitely in the Nordics, but also kind of on the European and global uh, uh, stage when it comes to these issues. Yeah, that's also how Sweden can be a forerunner in those issues. Definitely. So again, you know, to your point, Aline, it's about the insights. And I also had a chance to speak to uh, Chloe Mukai, senior program officer at something I never heard about before, which is the Ethical Fashion Initiative. Uh, We're going to hear her uh, um, uh, introduce herself in a moment in, in my interview with her. But what I found interesting is that she's ta- working on on a couple of topics. One is kind of a, a mutual framework for uh, sustainability reporting, and this is something that we really is uh, is missing in the industry. Uh, brands are releasing sustainability reports, and they're not really uh, benchmarking on the same data. Uh, they're not really uh, rep- uh, reporting on this in the similar fashion. So it makes it hard to compare. It makes it hard to see um, uh, how different brands are faring when it comes to sustainability. So she she really you know underscores that point and. She also talked a lot about the need for, uh, which is the, I think, this, the hardest part, which is finding new business models in fashion. Get away from the linear, finding the circular. Um, obviously, something we cover quite a lot, and um, I don't think we see enough discussion around this. Maybe because it's too too difficult. I think. Yeah, and uh, we've only started this uh, discussion and to implement those new business models. So we need some patience. We need a few years before, yeah, it's go. It's co- of course constantly growing bigger, but it's still quite a new phenomena. So patience is the key word here, I would say. Absolutely. All right, let's hear from Chloe Mukai, Senior Program Officer at the Ethical Fashion Initiative. Um, so welcome to Stockholm and talk about why you are here. Hi. Uh, yes, I was invited to speak as part of this discussion group organized by the Swedish Fashion Council on the main challenges of the fashion industry today and uh, the future of fashion in terms of sustainability. Right. And uh, talk about the organization you represent and the work that you do. Sure. So I work for uh, an initiative called the Ethical Fashion Initiative, and it's part of the International Trade Center, a a joint organization of the United Nations and the World Trade Organization. And uh, in a nutshell, we do three things. 
Firstly, we set up supply chains. So we set up uh, production hubs that enable artisan producers to work for international brands all over the world. We work with um, Vivian Westwood, we work with Armani, we work with several, several other brands. We also run an accelerator for emerging designers, mainly in Africa, to enable them to be part of the sustainability movement. And thirdly, we have developed an ESG due diligence, performance management, and corporate sustainability reporting framework that we developed with Camera della Moda Italiana, the Italian Federation of Fashion Brands, to enable brands, retailers, and producers to, to implement an ESG framework in their businesses. Right. You talked uh, on the talk here about the need for new, kind of new standards when it comes to uh, reporting, sustainability reporting. What do you think needs to happen there? Sure. I think, I mean, I think right now we're seeing that, of course, companies are doing corporate sustainability reporting, but in very different ways and not always uh, reporting on the same subjects or with the same rates or with the same targets. And so there's this inconsistency, which makes it impossible to compare to corporate sustainability reports. And so I think one of the big changes that we need to see is to have a more holistic and more complete way of doing sustainability reporting with clear targets, clear measurements throughout the industry. Right, right. And uh, you mentioned also the need for new business models. I think this is a huge topic, make it more circular, etc. Do you have any concrete examples of this that you think are good kind of case studies for new business models for fashion? Sure. I, I mean, I think what we're seeing now is that the younger generations don't want to buy as much. They're very interested in what they're buying. They're very interested to know the story behind the products. They're also really uh, very engaged in activism. So businesses need to think about that and think about how to generate growth while changing their business models. So it's not only about selling, you know, pushing for products, but also creating Um, creating experiences and engaging with their consumers in a different manner, in a more less linear and more circular way. So that's what I think. And I think some of the designers that we had here tonight were talking about that. They were talking about how closely they're looking at what is happening on social media and where they, how they want to be, where the content is. Um, not only to create you know, a pair of jeans and sell it, but also to engage with their customers and have this relationship with them. What's your experience working with the Nordics or Sweden specifically around some of these topics and how do you think we're faring here? So, sorry, I, 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 to be really frank, I'm, I'm not very, uh, I don't have a, a big know-how on the Swedish uh, on the Swedish fashion industry, but I think there's m- many new brands and how I see it is that, uh, you know, sustainability is already embedded in the society here in Sweden, not only in fashion, but also in other industries. And I, I think the Nordic countries we know have been much more advanced than many other countries in terms of gender equality, uh, inclusivity and, and sustainability. So I think this is a very good, let's say, foundation to, to drive for this change. And in a way it will be easier for these brands to progress in the right direction than big corporations that have to change really their entire structure. In Europe, there's a lot of talk now about new legislation coming out of the EU. There needs to be new standards for reporting, uh, transparency, uh, uh, greenwashing, a lot of things happening. Uh, I feel like you have a much more global perspective on the work that you do. Uh, Can you say anything about the need for kind of global standards uh, you, you take your pick if it's reporting or you, you mentioned supply chains as well 
Yeah, I think there definitely needs to be more transparency around supply chains. And I think, uh, you know, in the past, a lot of uh, companies and brands were hiding behind the fact that they didn't have a visibility on their entire supply chain. And w this is what this directive now is going to change because we will need to know what the entire supply chain looks like and re report on these issues. So. Uh, and and I, I think also in our you know in our increasingly global and communicating world, this has also forced this movement because we now you know we've all seen images of Rana Plaza and we can all you know anyone can pick up their phone and share on that. So that is rather positive. And um, you know this movement of sustainability I think is being pushed in two directions: one with consumers who are changing their behavior and asking more questions. And, and wanting a different kind of experience from, from fashion and with legislations and, and standards that are being implemented, which is also, you know, pushing the industry to change how they were doing business until now. Chloe Mukai from the Ethical Fashion Initiative. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. All right, Yuan, you managed to sneak into uh, the lunch hosted by our friends at Once More. Um, we had Angelina Elström, the business development manager of, of Once More, actually on stage at Transformation Conference earlier uh, this fall. And now we're going to have a chance to, to hear from her again on the podcast. Um, what was this lunch about? So there are the Forest Company and their innovation once more, which is the world's first uh, like large-scale process for recycling blended fabrics, including polycotton, which, of course, is quite challenging to recycle. Mm. They're also a partner to Fashion X, so they took the chance to invite uh, industry players, of course, media and other. Uh, representatives for a huge lunch on an amazing location in central Stockholm and they're also they were also launching their uh, caps a collab capsule with the fashion brand Philippa, Philippa K which is set to launch in a few weeks oh good stuff did you actually see the collection I haven't seen it yeah it was it, it is uh, five pieces uh, made of uh, the once more uh, solution or textile right Philippa K who actually uh, celebrated their 30th, 30 year anniversary. Uh, That's last, why I'm a bit tired today because <laughs> they had their party last night. <laughs> well, aren't they within this capsule collection? Aren't they also uh, launching uh, a jumper of made of Swedish wool? Yeah, but that's a separate uh, oh. capsule. So Philippa K has now made the name uh, for themselves as a brand uh, investigating uh, new uh, solutions and uh, fabrics and um, local production and such. So they're doing quite good in, in, in this case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised that it's Philippa K that really is leaning into the, the, the recycled. And more, more to come, I, I would say. I haven't heard, but I think it's uh, like an ongoing process that they're going to continue this work. Wonderful. So why did you decide to, to get Angelina on the, on the pod? Of course, we had her on stage uh, in August at Transformation Conference, uh, and she did a really good appearance there. What I'm uh, quite fascinated about when it comes to Once More and Sada is, of course, they're such a big industry player. And a few years back, those kind of forest companies, they realized that people were not reading magazines anymore. Mm. So they had to do something else with um, with their product, right? Yeah, the cellulose or what comes pulp, from yeah. the forest. Yeah, the pulp. <laughs> yeah. 
So then they realized uh, that cellulose is a huge um, opportunity for the textile industry. And given that they're so big, also enables them to uh, do this at scale. Uh, because, of course, um, similar solutions can uh, remain as a startup or as a good idea, while uh, this solution uh, is from a multi-billion dollar company, I would assume. I don't know their turnover, mm. but uh, it's a huge company. They have 52,000 uh, members, uh, forest owners in the south of Sweden, and uh, that enables them to, to scale su- such a solution on a global basis. Yeah, good stuff. I was actually uh, seated next to Angelina at the opening dinner. Um, just to humble brag, I was invited to the opening dinner. Maybe not everyone was there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, and and I had a chance to speak to her. And I was also fascinated by the fact that they are actually a member organization, or like they're member-run, kind of like a co-op. And there's all these kind of landowners in the south of Sweden that are uh, uh, delivering, um, you know, obviously their product, which is the the wood, the forest into the the södra process and uh, which is which actually makes them a kind of very traditional organization so the the work that she's doing is really sort of cutting edge and i would uh, applaud them to to the fact that they have kind of made this really uh uh you know breakthrough technology and, and innovation within that traditional organization i would say definitely it's got to be a huge challenge uh, from from the beginning to implement all these processes. But of course, they have the competence uh, in-house and they also have the resources to to hire new staff members, of course, or to, to, to get help from other players. All right, let's hear it. Here's you uh, uh, one talking to Angeline Elfström, Business Development Manager at Once More. We saw you on stage during Transformation Conference in August, and now we're at Fashion X in Stockholm, where you're about to host a quite big lunch here for uh, media and partners. Why is it important for you to be a part of uh, Fashion X? I mean, I think this is an amazing platform to reach out to to new um, media partners, but also not just focusing on Sweden, because Fashion X is really much about international perspective and and lifting uh, Swedish designers, but also innovations and so on. So this is a great platform for us to to meet new people and also um, have a chat with already partners that we have today. In the Nordics, we've heard quite a lot about you, but uh, do they know about you in the UK or US or other key markets? Um, it's going slow. It's a big bus always to reach out, but I would say that it's uh, we're in the right direction. And we also got the commitments from brands, etc., that this is a product that is needed. Uh, so we are growing. And we are going to different events because we think the focus is still Europe because we have a lot of interesting brands in Europe. But then, of course, we're also looking into US and Asia. The problem for innovations like, the, uh, like, your one, uh, like yours uh, is, of course, also to scale. Uh, what's the current development? What will we see from you in the next few years? Will you grow bigger with the, the, the amount you can produce and such? 
Uh, today we have a capacity to produce uh, around 6,000 tons of pulp and that's maybe hard to connect what, how much is 6,000 tons and it's equal to about 25 million garments per year. So that's the capacity we have today. Uh, we are today focusing on to, to increase the recycled content in the product but we're also focusing on broaden the technical specification of what kind of post-consumer waste that we can handle. So being able to take more than polycotton and also going into colored textiles and so on. Uh, for scaling up, the plan is for 2027 that we will have a new facility in Merum where we can produce the 10 doubled, so 60,000 tons. All right, that was Angeline Elvström from Once More. Uh, all right, going back to the day's talk, uh, which you visited, Eileen, the other day. Um, this was not also, as per usual in fashion weeks, we always hang around in the central uh, of the city uh, at various different locations. But this is also, also something different with, with fashionists, I think. But we were now in the suburbs. We are in Bregading. It's a place called... Uh, yeah, it's actually an old heating plant, which uh, is run by a few really forward-thinking entrepreneurs out there. Uh, one of them, I think, is Leo Rassak, is a, a filmmaker and, and a really a pioneer out there. But what was your impression with the location and, and, and the space? It was, it was really kind of mind-blowing, honestly. Right. It's so big, and they had, like, clothes... Um, and there was a bunch of people there, uh, so a lot of uh, lot to take in, uh, and a lot of really nice outfits to be inspired by. So right. that was that was nice. Right, right. Do, do you mean from the audience, or were there actually uh, showing pieces there as well? Yeah, there were there were showing a couple of pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't look all that much, uh, but both. Uh, pieces shown and uh, um, yeah the audience right right so can you tell me anything about the setup out there I was there actually a few years ago but then it was you know it was just starting out there was still like construction everywhere I know they have some kind of co-working space on the top of the building uh, and then there's also kind of some kind of audit auditorium but did you get a sense of the different uh, 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 you know kind of functions of the space they had the auditorium where mm. They had the talks and everything, and spaces uh, where they were like showrooms, and um, I think they have art exhibitions there as well. Um, so kind of like a compiled everything space. Right, C right. creative hub. Yeah. Creative hub uh, in the in Breadeng, <laughs> south of Stockholm. All right, so let's talk about this this talk that they hosted. It was co-hosted by Swedish Fashion Council and uh, the British kind of lifestyle magazine platform, Dazed. Uh, you know, I remember them for the from from the old print days when they called Dazed and Confused, but now they apparently only only called Dazed. So, what were some of the topics that they brought out? Um, uh, yeah, uh, so they started out with uh, Jenny Rusian. Uh, uh, and she she was talking about the the fashion council's report, so she discussed a bit of like the issues within the fashion industry and the Swedish fashion industry in particular, uh, and matters such as like inclusivity and diversity. Um, 
and uh, where where that where that could be improved. Mm. Um, for example, like the the amount of uh, leader positions that were held by women. Right. Where like I think thirty six percent or something, whilst there being a major percentage of women in the industry. Uh, so that was kind of uh, a discrepancy there. Mm. Um, All right. So why did you decide to to interview Isabella, and what were some of the takeaways from from what we're going to hear? Uh, well, I thought her talk was really interesting and captivating, uh, considering she was talking about youth culture and Gen C and um, kind of um, how they are such a strong consumer group and mm. how they hold so much power over brands whilst not really realizing how much power they have um, and how they are you know characterized by so many dictonomies of, of self like it's a it's a consumer group that is very anti-capitalist but also over consume uh, have a very strong need for community through through social media and such, but also extremely in individualistic. Mm. Uh, so they're contrasting here. And I thought that was just very interesting to listen to because I'm, when I, I mean, myself, uh, I'm just at the bridge between a millennial and Gen Z and I guess I'm just that powerful, you know. Uh, made me realize that. Uh, it was, just, yeah. So I thought, couldn't find a better person to interview, you know. All right. Looking forward to hearing it. Here's now Eileen interviewing Isabel, Formulo Group Strategy Director at Dazed. You just took the stage here, Fashion X. What was the main topic discussed? So on the stage today, we were discussing kind of diversity within the fashion industry, but also emerging uh, talent and how they can really get support um, because there's more pressure than ever before. And then I shared insights kind of expanding on that topic of the next generation and what they care about, what drives them, and what are some future trends within youth culture. Uh, what would you say are key things, uh, key actions or initiatives uh, in order to drive change forward within the fashion industry in all of these uh, matters? Well, I think, I think there's, the fashion industry is incredible because it's so creative, but there's also a lot of kind of contradictions and pressures when it comes to the planet and the, cl and the climate crisis and this idea of newness which seems to be kind of you know fast fashion is increasing what's promising is young people's move to second-hand fashion and wanting to kind of buy vintage and a lot of them buying off second-hand apps depop vintage however we're also seeing a lot of these big brands launch resale and I worry that that's also fueling another kind of consumption uh, of newness. So I think it's, it's amazing, it's positive, but that's also a watch out for the future is how I guess overall you can change this like mindset around newness and 
consumption. It's just a challenge because I think sustainability and capitalism are at complete kind of odds. So the fashion industry is trying to navigate that. My advice to brands would be focus on less and better. Uh, you know, that doesn't maybe apply so well to Azara and H&M, but I think they need to work together because it's really hard in the economic climate for one brand to make the, the big change because it's going to have an effect on their bottom line. But I won't go into the... I've done a lot of research on sustainability in fashion, but it's, it's, it's tricky. I think when it comes to young people, you should really be trying to recruit and bring them into the brand and collaborate because they have really amazing, fresh perspectives. They're super savvy and smart. And the industry has, it's, you know, we don't want it to become really more elitist. I think we were really, in the last couple of years, onto this more decentralized world. We were opening up, we were opening up the landscape for young people to, to come in to, to really instigate change at big brands. And I, I worry that next year, actually, it might go the other way. So. I really think for these big brands, definitely keep investing in your accelerator programs. Nike have an amazing one where you're funding and supporting emerging talent and allowing them to like collaborate, to have a voice in your company. Um, take risks, be open. Um, and also, yeah, I think Nike are great because they have scouts all over the world. They, they also have like a council of young people that inform their business at high level. Uh, it's, it's quite an easy win and it's, I, I just think more brands should be doing this. They need to be connected to, to young people and their audiences, not just from a data point of view, but also from like an action collaboration. Ghani are another one that I think the Ghani Lab are doing amazing things in terms of how they collaborate, who they're collaborating with. They don't need to be like well-known names and that reflects the research. Young people trust their peers. They don't need a big celebrity shine as worn off, you know. Um, so think, choose, think about who's connected to your brand authentically in their like, in their community, in their, in their, the way that they present themselves. Are they aligned to you? Do they connect to something that's true to your brand? Sorry, I couldn't speak all day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. What's your view on Scandinavian fashion then? Oh, I will. I might be biased, but I love Scandinavian fashion. I, and I think it's having a real, I mean, for a while it's been having a moment in terms of its progressiveness and just in, I think maybe also the style, particularly in, in Sweden, speaks to a sentiment of the times because a lot of youth culture is very much in like quite a dystopian era. And I feel like Scandinavian style is, is quite that vibe. It's very, I mean, that, it, not, there's a lot of diversity, but there's a lot of creativity in, in Sweden. And I think it's amazing um, to see that through the emerging designers and that a platform like this, like Swedish Fashion Council exists and they're able to break some rules and do something different. So, yeah, I would, I mean, Scandinavia is, is big. So I guess it differs in different countries from Copenhagen to Stockholm. It's a very different vibe, but I think there's a lot of creativity and openness and, and funding to allow for like new ideas and new talent which is why we're seeing more names more brands i mean in in london there's a huge love for brands like 80s our legacy they've made big headway and i think they're very progressive and i think they're very future facing so i look to scandinavia for the future really in a lot of ways 
London is also there's amazing stuff happening in London, but it's different. Um, and I, yeah, won't go into the whole Brexit thing, but I'm sad about that. I hope that doesn't put more divides between, like, just more like mental divides between the countries. Um, but I'm glad Scandinavia are kind of almost combining minds and like allowing the space for new talent. Uh, so I guess to close things off, any other insights or observation? Maybe About the fashion a, industry? Yeah, maybe a trend forecast. <laughs> well, I think what's, it's interesting what's happening in luxury um, because in you know recessions and hard financial times luxury usually does pretty well um, and I think we're, it's interesting to see kind of this more quiet luxury that this really elevated we're seeing price points rise I mean look at Phoebe Philo's collection I think we'll see more of that and more just more kind of disparity between fast fashion and luxury fashion um, I think the sustainability thing is, is needs to be a priority, but it, it needs it's bigger than just the fashion industry. Um, I do think there are brands who are being really innovative in that space, like Agani, but but I think there are some contradictions there too. So, as I said, positivity, progress, optimism, bringing in new minds, new ideas, also people outside of the the fashion world I think is because it is a bubble in itself and I think that needs needs to change I think Demna did it a little bit Balenciaga but it needs to be pushed further I think um, to be much more democratic and open yeah. Alright that was Isabel Farmelo at Dazed during uh, Fashion X uh, run by the Swedish Fashion Council all right, guys, thank you so much for contributing to this week. And thank you, Eileen, for coming on the show. Hopefully, we'll, we'll catch you once more before you leave us at the end of this year. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> Good stuff. So, all right, before we go, I just want to mention Beauty Innovation Talks. It's our second edition of Beauty Innovation Talks taking place here in Stockholm. Next edition happening on the... 22nd of November in less than two weeks uh, here at our headquarters at Grevturegatan 30. Johan, uh, we're going to talk about microbiome this time. Yeah. What is, what is that? Science-backed beauty. You need to attend to learn more about it, but it's of course two huge um, yeah, mega trends. Mm-hmm. They've been around for a few years, so it's not brand new, but... Um, it's implemented by more and more brands and it's also, as with so many other trends, driven by indie brands and they're pushing the bigger industry players to, to act and to implement uh, science-backed uh, beauty in their communication and in their range. Great stuff. So as always, lots of insights, great speakers. If you want to learn more, sign up to our news uh, insights newsletter uh, beauty innovation visit scandinaviamind.com slash beauty innovation of course uh, sign up to our regular newsletter visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter you'll get all the in- in- invites there and we're happy to be doing this with our partner kind to biome all right thank you so much until next time goodbye bye goodbye